0: There is this societal view on women that we are so good at multitasking and that men are not. As a result of this, I think that there is this expectation that we can do it, which means that coupled with all the things that we have to do, we end up juggling all of these balls at the same time, doing two or three or four things at the same time, because we're expected to, or because we've been told that we can. And while we may feel like we have to do this and that we are doing so much and doing so well and are getting all these things done, today's episode looks at how single tasking or monotasking is, in fact, much more productive and actually much better for us in terms of our mental health in terms of our emotional health in terms of our relationships and in terms of our productivity and our performance so while you may well be listening to this podcast while you do something else today i hope that you have the space and the capacity to really listen in and to get something from it are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family? But there are so many things that need to be done, and there are so many expectations on you. Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a wellbeing coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your bun, and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. So yes, If you are anything like me, you might well be listening to this podcast while driving or while going for a run or while cooking the supper. If you're cooking the supper, you may well also be packing the school snacks as well as cooking the supper and listening to the podcast and running around doing anything else that needs to be done in this precious time. Since I stopped working in a job, as such, an employed job, I have had various employers and clients all at the same time. And alongside that, since becoming a wife and a mum, I have also had the job of looking after our home and the children, being in charge of feeding, clothing, schooling, etc, etc. All the things that come with a home and with children. So when it's time for me to sit down at my desk, it takes me quite a long time to settle my brain from that kind of rushed thinking about everything, all the things that need to be done, to focus on the one thing that I want to do in this instance. Because of the endless list of things that need to be done for work and for our home. And I've noticed that when I am running or driving or cooking or anything, I actually find it really difficult to do just one of these things. To just drive my car and look out the window. Or to just go for a run. There's something in me that feels like just running is not enough. I also need to be listening to something. Or if I'm driving, I should be catching up with some someone on a voice note. Or using this time to be doing something productive just sitting in the car or just running along the road thinking thoughts just doesn't seem to be an option or just cooking the supper or waiting to fetch the children from school. I'm always thinking, Ooh, what else could I be doing now in this moment as well as the task that's at hand? One thing though that I have learned since becoming a mum and a coach is the importance of the capacity to be present. I've had to really, really work at building up this capacity. I didn't have it six years ago. I remember when I was training as a coach and I was (laughs) with a client. Oh, and while she was talking, I was thinking about the next client and the route I was going to use to get to her so that I could be on time. And the client that I was with stopped talking and looked at me and I had completely missed the last few sentences that she had said. Oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. And in that moment, I got even more flustered and more kind of uh, lost in, in what was happening. And it was in that moment, or that probably was one of one of the moments of that period of my life when I realized and which catapulted me into the process of learning about presence. And learning how to be present and really being determined to be able to build that skill for myself, to create the capacity for myself to be present. I was pregnant with Oliver at this point and once he was born, I wasn't very good at at the beginning of his life, but certainly as he got a little bit older, I realized even more the need for this skill. The incredible need for the, and I call it a skill because I think we we have to learn it in this crazy, crazy um, world that we live in, where presence is actually difficult because we're so used to multitasking and we're so rushed and pushed to get so many things done all the time. The importance of presence, I learned, was actually so much more than the importance of multitasking. It really has so much more of an impact on our lives than multitasking does in a positive way. I'm not sure if you've heard the analogy that men's brains are like a chest of drawers. They can only have one drawer open at any one time. And sometimes that drawer that's open, open is the empty drawer. So there's nothing going on, but they can only be thinking about one thing at a time. So if the work drawer is open, they can't be thinking about what we're going to have for supper. And if the what we're going to have for supper drawer is open, they can't be thinking about what the children need to wear for school the next day, etc, etc. The other side of this is that women's brains are like wire wool. We have these intertangled thought processes and capacity to handle and hold all of these thoughts at any one time. This analogy just reinforces this expectation of us that we as women then should be able to manage all of these things, that we should be able to multitask. Okay, yes, so we've got all of these thoughts going at the same time. We should be able to do that, behave in the same way that our brains are working. I read a great book called French Kids Don't Throw Food. And in this book, an American has a baby while living in France, and she just can't understand how the (laughs) the French women always look so together. They're always beautifully presented. They always look incredible. They always are, see, appear to be calm. And French children are so good. They can sit at the table in those endless French meals and they don't throw food and they don't throw wobblies and they don't cause all sorts of pandemonium. And one of her observations, one of the things that stood, stood out for me in this book, was that she said that French women feel sorry for their male partners who just can't do what we can do. And while there is something to be said for that in shifting our, our thoughts from, oh, why can't you do what I can do, to, oh, shame, you just can't do what I can do, I almost think it would be better if we could be more like men, if we could close one drawer and open another, if we could actually do one thing at a time. And the reason that I think this is that, I mean, have you ever noticed when you are doing something really focused, when you are doing one thing and you are really in flow, have you ever noticed how incredibly productive you are, how incredibly creative, innovative, useful, um, <laughs> so much more peaceful as well and calm, you are present to that one thing, all your attention is on that thing and I mean I feel like when that happens, time goes by, I feel like I'm just doing so much more than I could have done or would have done ordinarily. I'm happy, I'm having fun, uh, or or I'm relieved because I've got this thing done. Surely, if we are in flow like that, if we fly like that, when we focus on one thing, that is not multitasking. That is monotasking or single-tasking. And that is when... We are efficient and productive and can enjoy the task at hand. Research conducted at Stanford University found that multitasking is less productive than doing a single thing at a time, which just reiterates what I'm saying. The researchers found that people who are regularly bombarded with various different streams of, say, electronic information can't pay attention they can't recall information, they can't switch from one job to another, as well as those who were completing one task at a time. So what if we believe, like we, we tend to do when we're thinking about women and multitasking, that we have <laughs> this special skill as women, this capacity to multitask, These researchers at Stanford compared groups of people based on their tendency to multitask and their belief that their multitasking helped their performance. And what they found was that heavy multitaskers, so those people who were multitasking a lot and who did feel like it boosted their performance, were actually worse at multitasking than those who liked to do one thing at a time, who liked to monotask. So the frequent multitaskers in this study actually performed worse because they had this real trouble with organizing their thoughts and they really struggled to filter out irrelevant information and they were really slower at switching from one task to another because actually when we're multitasking, we're not doing lots of things at the same time. We're we're kind of doing lots of things consecutively. So if you think about making the supper and packing the school snack and thinking about lunch for the next day, we have to be switching from one to the other. We're, We're asking our brain to move from one to the other. We're not actually multitasking. We're just switching from one to the other more often. So then I read this, which made so much sense. Multitasking reduces your efficiency and performance because your brain can only focus at one th- on one thing at a time. When you try to do two things at once, your brain lacks the capacity to perform both tasks successfully. This exact statement was hugely highlighted to me the other day when i got home from collecting the children from school and dropping them at home before i'd been to collect them i had been working on something so it was still in my mind i was thinking about it and then on the way to collect them i suddenly remembered about something i needed to tell a client so i messaged them on the way and then i talked to him i'm in the pickup queue whilst i was thinking about the work that I had been doing, and the client that I had messaged. I rushed Sierra to make sure that I would get to Oliver on time. I picked up Oliver, and then while on the walk to the car with him, I then sent another message to a different client. I dropped them home, and I got back to my desk, only to think back on what had happened in that half an hour, and actually to not even really remember what I'd spoken to the other mum in the pickup queue about, or anything that they had said while we were in the car. And I realized that I had seriously not been pres- present with them in that moment. I was really sad. I realized that I had missed out on that precious time that I had ac- I've actually chosen to work this way so that I can have this precious time with them and I had missed out on it. I'd missed out on an opportunity to have a conversation with them, to really connect with them. And then I proceeded to go back to the message that I had sent to my client and realized that I'd also completely messed up the date that I was meant to be organizing with her to come for a session. So I then had to go back and change that as well. And then that half an hour trying to manage, trying to juggle all of these things, I hadn't really done any of them successfully. My performance as a mum, my performance as a coach, my performance as a person, in that moment, I feel had seriously suffered from my trying to do too many things all at the same time. Another quote I found that reiterated this was that Studies show that when our brain is constantly switching gears to bounce back and forth between tasks, especially when those tasks are complex and require our active attention, we become less efficient and also more likely to make a mistake. And this was highly evident in in that example that I've just given. I also think that when we are trying to multitask, when we're trying to Manage too many things. We don't really get into the practice of tuning out the rest of the world so that we can really engage in what we're doing. I'm so aware of this when I work from home. When I'm at home, I find myself in a state of trying to do it all, trying to be at my desk looking at what's going on on my computer while the children are asking for my help. I've got client files that I'm working through. I, I, everything is in my desk is available to me. And I often go to work at a shared workspace. And I find that when I'm there, I'm so much more able to focus and be productive because I don't have all the distractions available to me. OK, yes, I have my computer and the Internet and things, but it's almost it's just much easier to really focus there. And when I leave that workspace at the end of the day, I leave with this incredible euphoria of knowing that I have done my work well. I've focused, I've achieved, I've been productive, I've been efficient and effective. And as a result, I can now go home and focus on my children, on my family, on my husband properly and really just knowing that I have done what I need to do that day. This has such a huge impact on my relationship with them because I am present with them, that, that ever-elusive presence. It's so much easier to be present when I have been productive in the day and it's then so much easier to be productive with them when I am focused and present with them and on them. So, in terms of our relationships, this monotasking, the single tasking, can just have such an impact. I know with my son who requires attention, he loves one on one attention. I have noticed the difference when I am sitting with him, watching him doing something, and I'm also doing something else, whether it be on my phone, which I try not to do, or even, you know, working in my diary or working on a notebook, if I put everything else aside and I just focus on him, the relationship that we have blossoms and grows and changes. There are shifts in how he engages with me, how I engage with him and it makes such a difference. The other impact of single-tasking or mono-tasking is actually on our health. We are so much more able to be mindful when we are monotasking. We can do our work mindfully. We can eat more mindfully. We can engage more mindfully. We we say things more mindfully. This comes with a huge number of benefits to our bodies. If it helps us to be slower, it helps us to be less anxious. It helps us to be less concerned about what we have done or haven't done. And the impact that this can have on our physical health is huge. Research has also shown that in addition to slowing us down or to to hampering our performance, multitasking also lowers our IQ. A study at the University of London felt, found that participants of this study who multitasked during cognitive tasks experienced IQ score decline similar to that which they would have expected if they had smoked marijuana or they had stayed up all night. So that just shows us that IQ drops when we are multitasking. IQ is affected. Our intelligence is affected when we are trying to juggle all of these things. We're really naturally wired to be monotaskers. This means that our brains long actually to only do one thing at a time. They want to focus on one thing at a time. They don't actually want this shifting from one thing to another in rapid succession or this task switching that we expect of our brains when we are trying to do so many things at once. Emotionally as well as physically and And cognitively or mentally, there is an impact when we are trying to multitask. I don't know if you have found that when you are multitasking you are much more reactive. I certainly know when I'm trying to do more than one thing at a time and then someone else comes at me with something else, I snap or I react in a way that I really wish after the fact that I hadn't. And I wonder if I were doing one thing, if I were just cooking the supper, and my child came to ask me for something, I would probably feel a bit calmer, a bit more in control. I would be able to turn my attention to my child with ease, with calmness, and either ask them, you know, can you wait a moment, or respond to them in an appropriate manner. But when I am Switch task switching, going back and forth from one to the other, and now suddenly another task, another element comes in. I lose the executive functioning part of my brain, and so I snap. I, I get angry. I get irritable. I get frustrated. When we're looking at the cognitive impact of multitasking, it was for a while believed that the cognitive impairment of multitasking was temporary. But there is new research from the University of Sussex in the UK that says that high multitaskers actually have less brain density in what they call the anterior cingulate cortex, which then has further implications for our emotional health, because this area of our brain is responsible for empathy as well as for our cognitive and emotional control. So, What we're seeing here is just that this habit of multitasking is having a huge impact on our emotional health, our social health, our physical health, and it is something that we do so often. We do it all the time. I know that when I'm present, say on a run, and I feel my feet on the road, I listen to the pounding, I look around me, I see where I am, I see what's going on, I actually enjoy that run so much more. I find the impact of the run so much more beneficial. When I make supper, I probably have much more control (laughs) of myself. I know that if I am trying to do too many things, I've probably eaten half the supper before I've cooked it. Whereas if I am just cooking the supper, I'm aware of what I'm doing. I'm less likely to eat as I go. I'm less likely to just taste and just have another taste. I'm much more mindful of what I'm putting in my mouth. I have more space. I have more capacity to make the choices that are better for me. When the children come to me with a need, if I'm cooking the supper, as I've said in my example earlier, I have the mental space to turn to them and meet their need rather than trying to shift out of the 10 other things that i'm trying to do and just having them adding another list or another another item to that list of things that i'm trying to do when we look at our children i love the example of children when it comes to this they are so focused on one thing at a time they're creative in that space they're innovative they're happy when children are playing they have the freedom to 100% be with that task that they are doing. They may well (laughs) very quickly drop that task and move on to something else. But from what I have seen when I watch my children, they are very rarely concentrating or focusing on two or three things at once. If we stick with something, even if it is something that we don't really enjoy doing, we can be so much more present to that task at hand. This is the thing that I am doing now, and I'm going to do it well, or to the best of my ability, and then I'm going to move on to the next task. When we're doing that one thing at a time, when we can be present to that one particular task, we also have the incredible opportunity to be present to ourselves. When we're doing something that perhaps doesn't necessarily require too much of our thinking brain, we have more space to be aware of ourselves in the task. What am I feeling here? What am I thinking? We have an opportunity to notice if a task makes me feel alive or if it makes me feel heavy or if it fills me with dread. It's really an opportunity to be curious, to be interested in ourselves, to build a relationship with ourselves. If we are doing something that feels a bit mundane, like cooking the supper, we have an opportunity. Hello, Charlotte. How are you? I'm just checking in to see how you're getting on. Chat away to yourself if you have the, the space to do that without somebody thinking you're a bit mad. Take this as an opportunity for me time, an opportunity that is calm and peaceful rather than a time that is chaotic and flustered. Notice what is going on for you when you try to do one thing at a time. What happens for you physically? Do you feel something uncomfortable in your body? Is that boredom? Is it guilt? Is it fear? Is it anxiety about something? And then if you are feeling that something in your body, have a look at what you're thinking. What is the story in your head at this moment? And then push through, push through that boredom or that guilt or that worry, that anxiety. See what happens if you don't pick up another task to do. See what happens if you stick with that one thing, getting it done before you move on to the the next thing. Do you feel different? Have you achieved something more? Have you done something better? Does it feel good to have done that task and then to shift into the next task? If you have a moment when you're cooking the supper and there's a lull, instead of just quickly picking up something else to do, stop. Smell the supper. Be present in that moment. Look around you at your home. Listen to the children laughing at the TV. Or look at those children as they watch the TV. I'm using this as an example because my children watch TV when I'm cooking the supper, clearly. Be grateful for the food that you're able to cook. If you're at work and you have an endless list of to-dos, give this a try there too. The first step, I think, is to stop. To notice how you are feeling about this list that you have in front of you. Do you feel flustered? Do you feel anxious? Are you overwhelmed by this list? What is the story that is swirling around in your head about this list? Is there resentment about it? Is there panic about it? Is there anxiety about how am I going to manage this all? How am I going to fit it all into my day? And then think about what do I need to think what do I need to think to feel to actually be able to get on with these things to be able to focus maybe I need to feel what it's going to feel like when everything is finished the relief when I cross off the last thing on that list or the achievement of having fulfilled the whole list and having done it well so stop in that moment breathe rhythmically and evenly Breathe in for five counts, out for five counts, evenly, smoothly, and feel what it would feel like to have finished all of those tasks. And then look at that list and prioritize. Sometimes I like to use time blocking to block each task. If you're not sure about time blocking, I'll do an episode on that in the future. But look it up. Look up time blocking and and use an intentional process to help you decide that you will not move on to another task before this one is done. And then get on with it. Forget about the others and do that one thing. And then when you finish that one, pluck the next one from the list. Do that one thing. If an email pops into your inbox, do not look at it. If another to-do pops into your head, write it down. Push through that feeling, that drive to look at the email, that drive to shift into another task. Know that you will be more productive and more efficient if you do this one thing. If it's uncomfortable doing this one thing, if it's hard or it's boring, or there's something that's wanting to push you into doing something else, imagine the feeling that you are going to feel (laughs) when this thing is done, when this particular task is complete. Remember that that email that comes in is a dopamine hit or it's a cortisol hit depending on what it says. It sends a little shock through your system that causes you to, to lose focus and to draw your attention by either getting you excited about something or interested or getting you anxious about something depending what the subject of that email is. This sends your prefrontal cortex, your executive functioning part of your brain, into absolute chaos. And then this causes you to be unable to think clearly or to, to be creative. So if that does happen, you need to recircuit your prefrontal cortex back into play, back into the focus that you had before. You can do this, as I've said even earlier, by simply stopping. And then shifting the focus to one of your senses, be it hearing or touch or sight, and really intently focusing on that sense for a minute or so. Really looking at something with such detail that you see things that you have never seen before. Or really listening with such detail that you hear all the sounds around you. And then bring yourself back to what you were doing. Really intentionally bringing yourself back to that task at hand. The more you practice this, the more you you do these little practices of really focusing your attention on the one thing, whether it be sight or hearing or touch, feeling the fabric of your trousers against your fingers. The more you practice this, the easier it will get. The more you let your mind go to the email or to another task, the less your mind will be able to stick with that task, the more your emotional health will suffer, your physical health will suffer, your IQ will suffer. So yes, what do I do with all of these things I have to do then? Write that list. Get all of those things you have to do out of your head and onto paper. And then you can move through that list. If something comes up at work, triage it like they do in a hospital. Is it red? Does it need dealing with immediately? Generally, we think it's a red because our bosses asked for it or actually it would help us get out of this thing that we don't really feel like doing. But really, look at it. Is this a red or is it not? And if it's not, write it down, put it in the pile. If it appears to be red to the person giving to you, but you actually know it's green, Tell them that you will get to it as soon as you can, even with my children. I want a drink now. It's red to them, but I know that they can survive three more minutes while I finish doing the task at hand before I get them a drink. If something is bugging you, if it's eating at you and you really just wanna to, want to go to that thing, again, be curious, why is this thing taking my attention? Is that because I really want to do it more than the current task I'm doing? Or is it because I really want to make that person happy that's asking me to do it? Or whatever it might be. Take a few minutes to think on this and then intentionally choose what you want to do. Intentionally reset your focus back to the thing that you want to be focusing on. If a task comes up that has to be done right now, if it's triage, triage, Colour is red. I don't even know if that's right. That um, metaphor, but I, <laughs> I thought it was quite a useful one. If you can delegate it, delegate it. If you can't delegate it, why not? Is it because only you can do it, or is it because you want it done your way? You like to be in control. I know that I like to do the s- school snacks because I like them done my way. But there are other things that I can delegate that I don't mind too much. If it is because you want it done a certain way, is there a way that perhaps you can let go of this, this desire for control? Or is there a way that you can communicate to your team member or your spouse so that you can let them take on that task? Or can you be okay with how they do it so that you can get on with the task that you are doing? So just to wrap up, doing one thing at a time is a skill that you can build that will energize you. It will help you to be more productive. It will help you to be more present, to find joy in that presence, to get the task done, to really do it well, to be efficient and to feel less flustered and less kind of all over the place. I said to somebody the other day, when I saw them, I'm so sorry, I haven't been in touch. I've been all over the place. And she said, Gosh, you're always all over the place. And I decided that I wanted to be more intentional. I wanted to be more focused. I wanted to do one thing at a time and do each thing well. So this episode is just as much for me as it is for you. And I have been practicing it and I have noticed the change that it's made. And I know that the more that we do it, the more that we focus on doing one thing at a time, the more that we will find that we are productive, that we are getting things done. If there are things that need doing that only you can do, do them and be present while doing them and then feel the joy of ticking them off. Get the hit of oxytocin that comes with having achieved something and look out for that hit of cortisol that comes with an anxiety or a worry or a guilt or a fear about something else. If you can, delegate, communicate how you want something done and ask to have it done with confidence. And know that your ability to multitask does not make you more valuable. It can actually make us less productive, less present and less happy, more unhappy. And monotasking, single tasking can make us more efficient. It can make us more creative. It can make us more patient, more in flow. And it can really just allow us to feel happier to have better relationships and to make the choices that work for us around our health and our well-being so i hope that this has been useful for you today i have had such fun talking about this i've had such fun reminding myself to to really focus to be present to monotask so that i can be more efficient and more productive when i record these episodes i put my phone on airplane mode and This is the time that I am doing in my day one thing at a time. And it's actually the time that I feel so good, so excited, so energized. So I really invite you to to give it a try. Good luck and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing What I have experienced and everything that I have learned and it can get quite lonely on this side of the mic so if you have enjoyed this podcast or if you've found anything useful in it I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review it really lets me know that I actually am making an impact which is the best thing for me and if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast any mums who are managing it all so basically all of them (laughs) Please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums.